0: So if faith comes by hearing, that means you have to continuously be speaking. If faith comes by hearing, you have to continuously be hearing. So that faith will constantly be coming. Faith will constantly be visiting. Faith will constantly be resident with you. So we say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, let us walk in this faith. Let us stand in this faith. Yes, Let's Father. be right now in the faith of Jesus Christ. The same faith that said, let there be light. Mm. And there was light. The same faith that says, as I speak, it shall be. Amen. That is God. Amen. That is God. Say, whatever I declare, Amen. that will surely come to pass. Believe, yes. We've been studying by the grace of God on this subject of the witch at the door. We've been looking at the aspects of how do you deal with, how do you confront, how do you make yourself ready to deal with the spirit of witchcraft. And it is only by God's divine timing and providence that right now, in the month of October, we're coming up to what they call their high and holy day. So Halloween it is only by the grace of God that this subject is on our table at the same time that they're reaching their so-called pinnacle. We're blocking Mm. them in Jesus' name. We're not ignorant of the enemy's devices, the Bible says. Therefore, with the weapon of warfare, the word of God, the word that's in your mouth, which is the spoken word of God, Mm. the authority of the name of Jesus, we stand in the gap And we project his name at the enemy. We're not projecting our name, our character, our likeness, our ability. No, we are projecting the name of Jesus. The only thing that will stop anything is the name of Jesus. And that is the name in which we come, in which we stand, in which we pray, sing, fast, walk, move, live the entirety of our being. So we understand this subject we've been studying through the lens of Christ. Today we bring to a conclusion this section. What is this witchcraft at the door all about? When you sum it all up, when we look at all the things we've already researched and looked into, all the aspects of the argument of what is it that they are doing, what is it that they're after, what are they about, what are their tech? we studied their techniques, we looked at the ways in which they do their business. However. To sum it all up, ladies and gentlemen, it is all about power. Everything that the witch does, everything that witchcraft per se does, ends in this sentence, it is all about power. People looking to tap into the supernatural, why? To overcome the natural. And when you understand that, you can see clearly what it is all about. Every spell, every potion, every incantation, every gathering, every teaching, every so-called, uh, what are this coven, sabbats. All of that is all about gaining, having, keeping, increasing power, even down to the sacrifices that they will make, they will surely make. And we have so many today Christians who were formerly involved in witchcraft who have gone on record and testified that, yes, it is about human sacrifice. Yes, it is about murdering children. Yes, it is about bloodletting. And everyone who lies and says it's none of that is, again, either lying or so uninformed that they have no business even speaking but those who have been in the belly of witchcraft and come out by the grace of God have come out and testify that yes, this practice takes place is not a fairy tale. It is all about the gaining of power. The enemy of our souls hates us. He hates the creation of God. We are the creation of God. So what does he do? He seeks to destroy that which God made. His only avenue, he can't attack God. He knows he can't attack God. He tried that. He got kicked out of heaven for trying that. So what does he do? He attacks those that God loves, that God made, which is us. Mm -hmm. And he promises supernatural power to those who will follow him. But we know who they are and what they are. In the book of Acts, chapter 8, And verse 9, we're going to look at several places to point out this emphasis on power, the desire for it, what witchcraft in general, what the witch specifically is looking for, and how it is dealt with and has been dealt with in Scripture. Earlier, we looked at the references Old and New Testament, where God comes against witchcraft and tells us we should not even suffer a witch to live or to be among us, to dwell or practice among us. In the book of Acts, chapter 8, verse 9, But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time, in the same city, used sorcery. What is sorcery? Sorcery is a type of witchcraft and witch. Certain items, pieces of information, certain, in some cases, potions or charms, certain magical practices are used for the purpose of deceiving, misleading, and again, gaining power. So this man named Simon was using his craft against the people of Samaria. Let that that sink for a minute. And bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, underline that, to whom they all all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. If you go back and you want to do some research and you read the, the whole story, you're talking about someone who held possession over an entire city, an entire region. The principalities over Samaria were feeding into this person their supernatural ability so he could keep a grip on the people of Samaria. Now you have to you don't have to be a scholar, but you do have to extend your mind for just a moment and think about where you live in Oxford. Look around. Who is it in this city that is manipulating the people to keep drunks on the street 24 hours a day? Oxford right now is in the midst of a heroin addiction crisis. Needles on the streets, needles in parks, needles in children's playgrounds. What is going on? People are addicted all over this place. Even though the kind spires of the university go up into the air and all of the academics with their black robes go in and out in the academic bubble, right under their feet, they're stepping over the dead and the dying. They're stepping over the drug addicts and those laying in doorways to get to their classes and their courses and their lecture halls. Many of them are so unaware that there is a power at work in this city to destroy the lives of men and women from the young to the old. I have seen them. And understand, this is not an accident. This is not some recreational sport. This man, Simon, had a spiritual position whereby he was deceiving the whole city of Samaria. That's a lot of power. Through sorcery. To the point that they thought he represented what they called God. You don't get to that level sitting around twiddling your thumbs. You don't get to that level. One of the keys, let me say it now while it's in my spirit. One of the keys why many of these individuals flourish, they do what Christians won't do. A sorcerer will spend hard-earned money on spells, on books, on charms. They will go to extremes. Gain information. It's esoteric, which is hidden knowledge. They will fast. Yes, I said it, because they do it. They They will deny their bodies. They won't eat three meals a day. They will set up all night. They will burn their incense, their candles. They will seek out the spirits. They will be in places where you and I would never even suspect. Some go and sit in the cemetery all night, conjuring. Some go into the woods by themselves, no weapons, and sit in darkness waiting for an entity to come and visit them. People, these individuals, are serious because they know it's about power and control. And this man practiced his craft until the whole city was under his influence. My God. When you read the story, you will see he was toppled by the power of God, but it took someone full of God coming along to be used by God to bring him down. Ladies and gentlemen, that's when your fingers should be going to your forehead. That's you and I. That's why we're here. We are here to do what they did to him in the book of Acts We're here to do in this city to bring that level of warfare. To say there is no God but Jehovah. There is no name but the name of Jesus. And we know the power of that name. So we don't pray as if it's going to happen. We don't pray as if maybe something may change. We know for sure that when we call on this great name of Jesus, heaven and earth responds. You don't need the agreement of a person God himself sees. You're opening the doors. The captives will go free in Jesus' name. It is all about power. Acts 13 and uh, 6. And And when they had gone through the aisles unto Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, 13 and 8 says, but Elimaeus, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation. When you interpret Bar-Jesus into the Greek, it is pronounced Elimaeus. Withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Now, if you go back again and research, this is Paul's encounter with another sorcerer. So there was one that Philip encountered in Samaria. Here's another sorcerer in the book of Acts that Paul encounters. This man's purpose, as you see, was to do what? To cut off the authority, the, the deputy of this area from the faith. Mm. Are you hearing me? Yes. You wonder why the churches are not filled with faithful people. Mm. You wonder why the attendance is down. There are people who are positioned to cut off individuals from coming to Christ. So it's not just a matter of, oh, let's witness some more. Let's tell some people about Jesus. No, that is included. But you have forces at work against you who are seeking to turn people away from your faith. Spiritual power is exerted on individuals. Many times it it appears as mind waves or thoughts. These thoughts are oppressive. It's It's a constant barrage upon the person of negativity, of negative emotion, negative feeling. And every time they begin to talk about or look as though they would either turn to Christ or come to a local church, this oppressive cloud comes over them pushes them down, discourages them, and tells them there's no hope in that gospel. There's no point in going to that church. There's no reason to change your life. It's not going to be any. And so many thousands of persons are bound by this type of sorcery. And we have to break that connection. Break the voices speaking to people, discouraging them, telling them it's no use. Why are you trying to change? Just stay where you are. It will never get better. We have to be aware. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. If I, were, if I were on the phone with you and I could hear in the background all kinds of noise and every once in a while you would answer someone else After a while, I would say, who's talking to you? I'm trying to have a conversation with you. Where are you right now? And if you say, well, I'm sitting in the midst of a crowd and there are three people talking to me at the same time, I would say, get out of there. I can't have a a conversation with you in the midst of all that noise. Well, you're trying to tell somebody about Jesus. What other voices? are surrounding that person's life? What other other influences are there at the same time attacking them? You tell them something one time in the week and they go back to where? And the rest of the week they're under a barrage. This sorcerer, this false prophet, what does this mean? That means he had prophecy. But the prophecy was demonic. He had prophecy, but it was demonic. He was actively running interference where Paul is trying to witness to the deputy. If you keep reading the story, he was struck with blindness. That's why when I pray sometimes, I will say, Lord, strike them with your blindness until they repent. Move them out of the way. You have to learn. You are not weaponless. You have weapons. Weapons of warfare, mighty in God, to so the pulling down of strongholds. Yeah. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 9. The Bible says, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust, that means to hold them back, unto the day of judgment, to be punished but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise, underline or circle or make focus of that word, and despise governments. We're still talking about witchcraft and it's about power. Mm. Presumptuous are they, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. These individuals... Under the power of witchcraft, they despise, which government? All government. The government of men and the government of God. Even though they may be sitting across from you looking as if they're in peace, they hate everything you stand for. Why? Because in government, there is sovereignty. In the government of God, there is sovereignty. That means he is the sovereign who reigns, and his government is in order. So their hatred is that they may throw down, topple, riot against all forms of government. Mm -hmm. And that is the chaos that they bring. And when someone is in the spirit of witchcraft, they are chaotic. They are not seeking peace. They are not, they will say, oh, we're just uh, loving the nature and, and singing with the, with the butterflies and the birds. No, no, no. The devil is a liar. Their operation is to destroy the government, destabilize the government. I say it again, the government of men and the government of God. Why? Because the God that they serve wants total control and power. And they are not afraid. They will speak evil against the president, evil against preachers, pastors, teachers, Christians. There is no fear of God in them. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. They don't have that. They don't have that. Mm. They have the opposite. So just by you wearing a cross around your neck or carrying a Bible under your arm, they're not afraid of that. They're not afraid to see you praying on the bus or handing out tracts. They're not afraid of that. Only God will answer them. I said only God will answer them. But they despise every form of government. Second Peter 2, 19. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought into bondage. Now we begin to see that what they were in, And what they are in, they're seeking to bring every person under the same bondage. When Satan says to Eve in the garden, hath God said, thou shalt not not eat of every tree of the garden. He says to her that basically God lied. He knows that when you eat of this fruit, you'll be like God. No, he wasn't saying be like God, Jehovah. He was saying be like us. You will be like us. If you disobey Jehovah God, you, Eve, will be like us, small g, God of this world. That's what he was saying. Mm -hmm. That's what they promised. They tell you. How many testimonies have I heard from persons who had near-death experiences or, again, come out of witchcraft to say they were promised Power. They were promised control over so many demons, so many spirits in their conjuring, only to be double-crossed and to get to the place of realizing, this thing is trying to kill me. It promised me power. It promised me liberty. They are slaves of corruption. How can someone who is a slave of corruption promise you freedom? Yes. How can you promise me freedom and you yourself abound? bound? Mm-hmm. So from that hypocrisy, they say, come join us, liberate yourself, cast off every way. The witches and the Satanists have the same rule. They say, do what thou wilt is the whole of the law. Alistair Crowley, Anton LaVey, founder of the Church of Satan, do what you want to do. How can you promise freedom when you yourself are a slave to sin and bound for destruction? Acts 8, 22. Repent, therefore, of thy wickedness and pray God. This was the answer. If you go back up to chapter 8 in the book of Acts, 8 and 9, where we were reading, this is the conclusion of what happened at verse 9. This sorcerer, Peter, pronounced to him, Repent, therefore, of thy wickedness and pray God if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive, that means I can see, thou art in the gall of bitterness. What is is gall? That is this binding, vexing, the irritation of it. You are bound with this, tormented with bitterness, and in the bond of iniquity, the chains of iniquity. He was talking to this sorcerer when he said that. I can see you are bound up. And when we are spiritually perceptive and we're dealing with the witch at the door, we can say by our godly perception, I can see, young man, young lady, old man, old lady, you are bound in bitterness and iniquity, and Jesus Christ will set you free. We can say that Jesus Christ will set you free. No matter how many chains are on your life, on your mind, no matter how many despicable things you have done, Jesus Christ will set you free. Peter was saying this to Simon, to the sorcerer. Whether he took him up on that offer, the Bible only says that Simon replied to him, pray for me that these things do not come to pass. And that's the end of the story. We don't know what happened after that. But Peter told him, you have no part, no lot in this matter. Your heart is not right. Something in you needs to change. Something in you that is not right needs to become right. And the story ends. So we take it up and we say, they promise power while they are slaves. Their main objective is to find techniques that they call trigger points to activate their gods or the ancient ones. They're constantly seeking for a way to bypass the God of the Bible, to bypass Jehovah, to bypass Elohim, to get past Adonai, to go some other way, to call something else God and get it to activate in the earth, manifest in the earth, give them power in the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, we are faced with this. God put us here for now. God put you here for now. Not 20 years ago, not 100 years ago, not sometime into the future. God put you here now to fight this level of warfare. The good thing, the glorious thing, the great thing about it, it's already done. It's already won. Jesus Christ has already done it. If you look, oh, thank you for that great amen. If you look at a roll of scroll, if you unroll the scroll, roll it out, and you write on the scroll all the way back to the beginning, then you take the scroll and you roll it up. So it's one ball. Then you look at your trajectory, where that scroll is going to unroll from. And do you not know, because you wrote on it, as the scroll is unrolling, do you not know what's coming next? You wrote on it. You just wrote on it, and you rolled it up. This is what God has done with eternity. The Bible says before the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain. It's already done. Jesus said it's finished already. Rolls up in the mind of God. Everything that is going to happen on the face of this earth forever is already known. There are no mysteries with God. We are the ones who are discovering. We are the ones seeing his manifestation. We are the ones who are thinking, oh, it's happening now. No, it's already happened in the mind of God. And as we are walking forward, his scroll is unrolling in front of us. And the next step you are about to take, he already knows where your foot is going to land. So when we get this in our spirits, in our understanding, we can begin to say, Order our steps, O God. Lead me in the dire- How can you lead somebody in a direction you don't know? Does he make sense? So if I'm saying, Daddy, God, lead me in the direction that I should go, I am acknowledging that he knows the way. leading, and guide me into all truth, Holy Spirit. So I'm walking behind him in a path that is known to him but unknown to me. And I just keep walking that way. Yes. Scientists came along and they began to talk about multi-dimensional theories, multi-universes. Even the scientists could could perceive that there could be multiple universes operating simultaneously. Then a few authors began to write so-called fiction novels with multiple endings, saying, well, if you're reading the book and you take this decision, turn to that page. If you take this decision, turn to this page. And depending upon which decision you made, your ending would be different. Oh, Lord, I wish I had some people that could see that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That's what it's like. Mm -hmm. Depending upon the decision you take with God, Mm -hmm. there is another outcome waiting for you. Mm -hmm. Or if you go this way, there's another outcome waiting for you. That is already known. Every possible outcome of your life has already been determined. Mm -hmm. And it's you and I who have to decide to follow or not Mm -hmm. to end up at that outcome which is best. Father, in Jesus' name, let us stand together. Daddy God, because of where we are right now, because of what is happening with us, and what is happening with the world. Mm. Father, we ask you for your guidance Mm. in engaging the witch at the door. We love them. We hate the sin they participate in. We call on your name for their deliverance. And we stand against everything that they stand for. For the destruction of government, for the destruction of people, for the corruption of youth and minors and the unaware. Daddy, we stand against every work of darkness Mm -hmm. because you are light Mm -hmm. and in you is no darkness at all. Mm -hmm. So we order our steps, that you order our steps, oh God, that we go in the direction of your will and your purpose and we land at your destination. Mm -hmm. And that every single thing Mm -hmm. that would try to hinder us from that purpose be moved out of the way by the power of God by your authority, Mm -hmm. by your name, Mm -hmm. that it is in you that we live and move and have our being. Now, daddy, God, give strength and boldness Mm -hmm. to every believer who will hear and believe this word, Mm -hmm. that they may stand in the fullness of the power of God Mm -hmm. and allow the name of Jesus to go before them to make the way. Deliver as we have asked. Deliver as we have prayed. Deliver as we have submitted unto you. Every one of these from witchcraft and the power of witchcraft. From destruction and human sacrifice in this hour, in the name of Jesus, Jesus' we believe you, we thank you, and we know that you have heard and answered our prayers in Jesus' name. Find your neighbor, your friend, put your arm around them, tell them you are not under the power of witchcraft.